Welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. I believe in the power of sharing our experiences and knowledge with others, and when we do, we are creating ripples of impact around us. Each week, get ready for intimate personal shares, honest, relatable conversations, aha moments, and so much more. This space was designed to create empowerment, inspiration, community, and provide guidance to elevate those around us. I am so excited to have you here. Get ready and let's start creating ripples. Welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner, and today we're joined back with Kelsey Sorensen, our monthly co-host, maybe dabbling into more. We will see. You can't see us right now, but our arms are up in the air and we're having a whole lot of fun. And I'm excited to chat today. Um, What's fun about getting to have someone on that is not just like a guest where I'm interviewing them, it's more conversational, is we really just got a chance to just like talk like as if we're having coffee together and that's what some of our friends said was they were like it was just like we were eavesdropping on your conversation mm-hmm. and listening to you talk so yeah now so you all, sweet now you all know what we talk like basically if we weren't on the mic um but that's what actually what I wanted us to go into today last week Kelsey and I obviously were outside soaking up the beautiful weather that Minnesota has been giving us for the last, what, like five days of mm-hmm. 60, 70, 80 degree weather. And we were on a walk and we were talking about, so we co-lead um, with a few other girls, a group called the Free Spirits, which I don't think I've talked a lot about on here yet, which is a group for people that identify as she, her to come on Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Central, and we lead on different topics. And we have a monthly group member who will share their story. Um, And it's been a really beautiful space to connect with women all over the country, really. We have people on the East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, obviously, because that's where most of us are from. But something that kept coming up um, amongst the women in that group and in our chat was talking about how when you start to remove alcohol from your life, the different things that start to shift for you. And a lot of people shared how the relationships with people who they spent a lot of time with drinking started to shift. And navigating those waters is really, really challenging because I have a friend, and I know I've talked about this on here before, Hannah, who says Minnesota people are womb to tomb people. So like we're friends from the womb to the tomb. And therefore, like when it's like signs of like things getting rocky in the waters, we like start to panic a little bit. And when you get sober, things do start to change. You start to change. You start to evolve. And for me personally, like when I got sober, I still continue to hang out with the people that I hung out with when I drank. And I was telling Kelsey this last weekend, I think it was also because I was fearful to look at make be developing other relationships because I wasn't sure what that would be like. I wasn't sure how that would feel. And that's like something I think that's really common for a lot of us. But I think within relationships and sobriety, it's different for everybody. And I know Kelsey, you've made shifts within friendships and what has that looked like for you? Or how did you start to like recognize like, huh, these friendships feel a little different? Yeah. I think 
it, it's good to point out that for most of us, most of us in the group too, that we're talking. And I think most people that have uh, either identified as alcoholic or struggle with alcohol also identify as people pleasers. Mm-hmm. And those two things go hand in hand, right? I think people, for me, drinking allowed me to like numb out what I was feeling and dull out my feelings so that I could show up for other people, even when I didn't want to. And with that and then quitting drinking I think you start to change and people aren't used to you saying no or like not doing the things or kind of being someone that they can walk all over like they can emotionally dump on you whenever they want and then when you quit drinking and you're no longer okay with that it's like well that's not okay with me as a friend like I used to be able to do that to you and um I'm so curious because for you like you quit you got sober when you were young, like there, it was like, you didn't have like groups like this, right? Like you Mm -hmm. had like AA and it was, I think you've talked about it being like generally older people in that. So you didn't really have an option to like explore friendships and sobriety outside of what was offered to you in AA. Yeah. So what did that look like for you? Like, I think that's what it was. Like when I think back now, I'm like, no one really on the internet was talking about sobriety. Nobody was talking about living an alcohol-free life. And you didn't see people making Instagram pages for mocktails. You didn't see people talking about the fact that, you know, alcohol actually like made them more anxious. You know, that wasn't happening. I saw two accounts. It was Holly Whitaker, um, which... I forget what her like handle was at the time. And then the sober glow was like the two accounts that I had saw in 2014 when I got sober and I started following them and that was inspiring for me. But yeah, I was going to AA with people that were at very different points in their life than me. Our stories were relatable, but they weren't really wanting to like go to the bar with me. I don't even know if I really wanted to go to the bar with me. Mm -hmm. I think the removal of alcohol was such a, like major shift in my life that I wasn't ready to make other shifts in my life. And so I held on to these relationships mainly because I was like, I felt like I was losing myself. I was so fearful Mm -hmm. around like, okay, I'm, I'm not drinking anymore. I knew I needed to do it, but there was a lot of fucking fear around it. Like, and I think sometimes when we know we need to do something, it doesn't mean that it's just like, okay, it's good and dandy. It's going to be smooth sailing from here. It was like, I knew I needed to do this. I didn't really feel ready to give up going out with my friends. And I kind of risked my sobriety by going out to places like Cowboy Jack's (laughs) until 2 a.m. with people that were blackout or going on party buses and things. And initially, I feel like I just did it out of fear of feeling like I would miss out. I would lose friendships, relationships. I was single at the time. So I wanted to meet people. I was Mm -hmm. young. I hadn't really done a ton of personal development stuff yet. I had started my fitness journey more so like I'd always been active, but really like 2013, I dove in and did teacher training and all these other things. But I feel like initially it was just like, okay, take alcohol, everything else stays the same. And as I got further along into my sobriety, like probably 
I don't even know when I started to shift more into wanting to grow personally. Like I feel like that naturally happened with becoming sober, where I started to discover these things that I was passionate about and discover that like I craved more for myself, but really like it was probably the pandemic when that shift happened. I'd already started developing myself personally, started to feel like my friendships around me were shifting because one, I no longer was going to the bar because I was like afraid of missing out. I would go do things because I actually generally wanted to be there. So like, I love going out and dancing with my friends. So I would go because I wanted to go, not because I was afraid like I was going to, miss out or I was going to like lose out on anything it was like I was more aware of like okay I'm grounded in my sobriety I get to choose what I want to do and how I want to spend my time versus feeling like oh my god I'm going to miss out on these things and you've talked about this before Kels of like you when you drank you weren't really there anyways Mm -hmm. and like so then now you're actually present in your life and so when I started to make those shifts probably like a year in of like realizing like I get to choose where I spend my time. It doesn't have to be doing the things that I don't want to do. And I'm finally present for the things that I'm doing. So like, where do I want to go? Where do I want to take my valued time? Is it the Mm -hmm. bar? Is it a concert? And that's really when I started to shift into going to music. Like I love music. So I don't know. It has been interesting because yeah, we, the raw dog started meeting in, um, 2021 but it was 2020 when it everyone kind of reassessed like let's be honest we all did like an assessment of our lives like what am I doing where do I want to be going who am I and that's when I made a whole shift of like AA served its purpose for me but it was no longer serving what I needed in my sobriety and I needed people that I could grow alongside with that were navigating similar things to me either newer in sobriety or further along, whatever it may be, but that I could really bond with and create friendships with. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's scary. It's scary to like make shifts. So I have multiple friend groups that serve different purposes right now. And I think that letting people know that that's okay. And also letting people know it's okay if like a friend group, you come to a realization is a drinking buddy group. And like, that is really fucking hard to come to that realization with of like, Oh, we like got together and like drank and got fucked up. We never really like spent time together. And like that realization is really hard and it's really heavy. And so then you get to be the one to decide, like, do I continue to invest in those relationships? Do I go when everyone else is drinking or do I try to meet up for a lunch or meet up for a coffee or meet up for a walk and shift those relationships and see if they continue to evolve the way that I want. Or it gives you information of like, Hey, this actually like doesn't feel great anymore. Or you just really get to decide like how that relationship continues in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like going back to you quitting during college, I think for me, I can relate to like my identity was wrapped up in being like this carefree party girl. Like that's where I thought I gave worth and value to the people in my life. So like once that was removed and I wasn't drinking anymore and people still wanted to hang out with me, like I just grasped onto that because I was like, oh, these people do want to hang out with me, even if I'm not like the carefree party girl. And like 
it was scary to think it's similar to a relationship, right? Like it's scary to think like, is there anyone that will love me outside of this relationship? Like, will I find other people? Will I find other friends? And when we were walking the other day, we kind of talked about like when we are trying to cling on to that old life we had when we were still drinking, but we're trying to remain sober and we're staying out at bars until 2 a.m. with people that are drinking, like we're missing the Sunday morning yoga class that might have people that are more aligned with us in it. Like we're missing out on all these opportunities to meet people that are like on the same path as us or on a similar path or aligned with how we want to live our life and be more intentional because we're like so just trying to cling on to this old life that we had because those shifts are so uncomfortable like we as humans are just designed to seek comfort over everything like I think we think like oh I should always want to do what will make me happy but we are not designed like that we're designed to seek safety and and comfort as as humans that's like how we're ingrained And so I think sometimes we can get those confused. Like we think comfort will bring us happiness and that isn't, that isn't the case always. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, yeah, I think what's like important about what you're talking about is I, I want to say I read this the other night before I was getting ready for the event that I did with Elena of just like change, Mm -hmm. change happens no matter what. And you can either like, lean into the possibility and start to make the changes on your own and let it feel really aligned or you can try to like hold on and like tighten the grip and like resist the change and it's like when you choose to no longer drink things are going to change around you and I would be we would be lying to you if you if we said everything remains the same because it goes back to that saying, like, once you know it, you can't unknow it. Once you stop drinking, like a lot of other things start to come to the surface that you start to discover. And I 100% wholeheartedly believe while we're drinking, even if it's once a week, once a month, like until you like remove alcohol and like do it with an intentionality. So like, even if you only drink once a month, you might just be like, okay, I drink. This is how I do things. But it, when you're not drinking, like challenge yourself to be intentional and like reflect on who you are. Because once I stopped drinking, that's when I figured out who I actually was. Similar to Kelsey, like I was the party girl. I was the crazy chick. And like in many ways, I still am crazy, but it's on my terms. It's not because I've ingested alcohol. I'm crazy and having fun because like, that's how I want to be in that moment. I'm sad because something happened that made me emotional. I'm not sad because I'm overly wasted and somebody did something really stupid that upset me. Like, so when we remove alcohol, it really does help us to uncover like who we are at our core. And it brings us back to like who we were as a kid and the things that we enjoy. And like, it helps us to uncover these things about ourselves, but that can be really scary because it can feel like you are losing yourself. But when you can flip the word and the verbiage, instead of feeling like you're losing yourself, think about it as like you're discovering yourself because that's what you're doing. You're actually discovering who you are, who you are when you're drinking isn't actually who you are. And we as a society have come to believe that like, 
when we're not drinking, we lose ourselves. We like lose all these things. We're going to miss out. And it's totally the opposite. And I'm not saying everyone has to be completely sober, but like you take 30 days off, go in with the mindset of like, I get to be sober for 30 days. I'm going to explore and be curious about what this feels like and how this feels good or how this feels challenging in my life. Because a lot of times we think we need alcohol to sleep or to feel less anxious or to feel confident, but like take 30 days off and see how you can start to gain confidence, how you can discover, like Kelsey said, what are your values? What's aligned in your life? Like, even if you're drinking, like ask yourself, what are your values? What's aligned? Because sometimes things might come up that you're like, oh, wait, I, I really enjoy getting out in the outdoors. And I'm like, not doing that at all. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, why aren't you doing that? How can you still spend time with your friends, but do the things that feel a little bit more aligned with you too? Yeah. Yeah. It's like this idea that we've been ingrained with from the alcohol industry and society is like the only way to have fun. The only way to have a good time. The only way to relax. The only way to celebrate is with alcohol. And, um, I had spoken about this the other day in a different group and was just talking about, like, I totally bought into that. And I I experienced a a traumatic event in like 2014, 2015. And after that, I realized like how short life can be. And I bought into the idea that like the best way to live my life to the fullest was to just get fucked up all the time. Like I was like bought in a hundred percent to that idea of like YOLO, like that means never saying no to a drink, always being the life of the party blacking out like making everything revolve around drinking because I thought that that was like the only way to have the most fun and to really live my life and it was interesting because I was like if somebody came to me today and was like hey you have three months to live the last thing I would ever think about would be drinking and I don't think that's just because I don't drink now but I think for most people who don't drink like or who do drink, that's not what they're thinking about. They're not like, I'm going to go get fucked up with my friends. They're like, I'm going to travel. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to go volunteer. I'm going to visit the people I love. Like, that's not what we're thinking about, but we've just been like sold this, this idea because the alcohol industry makes money off of us. Let's be real. If we're all sober, they're not making any money and they don't want that. And it's like this, it's so, it gets me so frustrated sometimes. Well, and it, Yeah, I think that's why this conversation is so, so important is just like helping people one to realize like you don't have to drink to have fun. You don't have Mm -hmm. to drink to find a significant other. You don't have to drink to feel confidence. You don't have to drink to sleep. You don't have to drink to create friendships, to seek adventure. Like you can drink and maybe feel those things But I challenge you to, if you're someone that's not already alcohol free, to take 30, 60, 90 days off, go in and explore like how much more fun can you have without alcohol? How much more sleep can you get without alcohol? How much more confidence can you have without alcohol? But it takes work to get there. You're not just going to stop drinking and be like, damn, that bitch was wrong. Like, I'm not having any fun. Like you have to seek it. Like Kelsey said, like 
you're going out until 2 a.m. and you're drinking and maybe that doesn't feel aligned because now that workout class that you wanted to take in the morning or that walk that you wanted to go on with a friend, you're waking up hungover, you're hitting the alarm, you're bailing on people, you're bailing on yourself. So like, and I'm not dogging anybody. If that is what you feel alive by, that is your life and your choice. But if you're someone that's like feeling called for more, it's going to take work to get there. It's not just like we stopped drinking and life was more fun. No, we stopped drinking and we had to get honest with ourselves about what is aligned with our pathway. What feels like the things that we want to be doing? What are our values? Who do we want to be around? Like, I feel really encouraged when people motivate me to do the things that light my soul on fire, but they still challenge me and like question me. Or I love getting up in the morning and like feeling really good to go work out. You know, I don't miss waking up the next morning and being like, I don't know if I can commit to meeting you for coffee or going to that workout class. And so getting honest with yourself about like, okay, I'm going to try this 30, 60, 90 days without it. One, find a community to support you. Don't do it alone. Like you need people. It's mm-hmm. the number one thing I will tell anybody. And then two, write down your why. And three, what are your values? Like, what do you want to feel in life? How do you want to live your life? And try things on without alcohol and see how it feels. And like, even like challenge your friends. It's one thing to just like, be like, I'm going to make this shift, but like get other people to do it with you. Make mm-hmm. them think a little differently. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. And I think to, to bring this back to like relationships changing with, with what you just said on challenging the people in your life too, to maybe do it with you is that, and I've said this, I think any relationship you had that involved alcohol to any extent will change when you quit drinking. Like, even if it was just meeting up for one or two drinks or glass of wine, whatever it is, like you'll start to hang out with those people sober and realize like, oh, we just, we just gossiped the whole time. And this feels gross to me now. And it makes people uncomfortable. And some people won't understand your decision because it's, it's too hard for them to reflect on that themselves. And so maybe they'll distance themselves. Maybe they won't want to spend time with you anymore. Maybe they'll challenge your decision to quit drinking. Like, you know, I had people be like, well, you're not an alcoholic. Like, why are you quitting? Like you didn't seem that bad. And it was like, I don't think it is because of the decision I made. I think it's because it makes them reflect too much on their own decisions around drinking and it makes people really uncomfortable. Um, And so, and I think this is something people don't like to talk about like in the sober community or don't like to share with people because it makes people be like, well, I don't want my relationships to change if I quit drinking. Like I want my life to remain the same, but it's because you're thinking that there can't be anything better out there. Like I, that's how I, I felt. I was like, well, I don't want anything to change. I just want to quit drinking and I want my life to stay the same because I couldn't envision like having better friendships. And that wasn't because my friendships were so great. It was just because like, I didn't believe that I could have those friendships. Like my self-worth was so low that I couldn't envision a life where like I had really great friendships, really great connection with people, like a, a community to back me up and support me. Um, and And I think that's people don't, always like to talk about that because they're scared it will like scare people away from getting sober but I think it's opening the door to living a life that you could not envision for yourself that's so much greater than what you are living in and doing right now but it's so hard to see when you're in it I think too what is 
something to remember just because you've been friends with someone for a decade doesn't mean you're not going to be able to develop a strong relationship with someone later in your adult life. Think about who you were 10, 15, 20 years ago to who you are now. You've probably shifted. Your friends have probably shifted. Take alcohol aside. Like we all grow and evolve. Relationships change and they will look different. And sobriety might be kind of that awakening for you. It doesn't mean you have to lose those friendships, but I really think it's important to be open to the possibility, like Kelsey said, that there could be other people waiting for you, seeking you and your friendship that is going to just like open doors and feel so aligned and you'll be able to create and cultivate these new friendships and relationships. It doesn't mean that you don't see those other people that just might look differently. Like I'm being serious when I say I have like three different core friend groups, friends from my high school and college that I've actually molded to one, friends from my time at Alchemy, mm-hmm. and the Raw Dogs. And they're all wonderful groups of people. And I'm grateful for all of them. We spend our time doing very different things. We challenge each other in different ways. I have set boundaries with different friendships as I've gotten older. And as I've decided, you know, where do I want to spend my time, especially now, like being a mom has added a whole nother layer. I think it's helped me to say no more to the things where I'm like, "Eh, I don't really want to go do that. I'm going to say no. And I'm okay with that. And recognizing like when I really do want to say yes. And so it doesn't mean that you get sober and you're all of a sudden like, oh my God, I spent a lot of time with those people and all we did was drink. I don't think I want to be their friends. It's just, they're going to look different. Mm-hmm. And you might come to a place where you're like, I, I had this man, Matt Moberg on my podcast. Oh my God, almost two years ago now. And we talked about this because I was having a really hard time with wanting my friends that I've been friends with for a really long time to like want to read the personal development books with me and like want to talk boundaries and that just like that wasn't happening and that was really hard and he had this conversation with me where he said there are friends that go to the deep end and there are friends that go to the shallow end and all of them serve different purposes you can have fun in both areas but you have to recognize like some of those groups aren't going to come to the deep end Some will go to both. Some will stay in the shallow end. And like, you have to recognize like being okay with that. And if you can't be okay with it, like one, ask yourself why. And two, like seek other relationships that will fill that void. And so it is like a little bit of just getting honest with yourself about, okay, where do I want to go? How do I want to spend my time? And if it is with the people that you drank with, it's really important to voice the fact to someone doesn't have to be the whole group like hey I'm not drinking I'm a little anxious to go to this summer patio happy hour tonight I'm feeling really good not drinking and I actually want to continue on this path I'm gonna need your accountability like I might at some point say to you dude I fuck it it's 80 out sun is popping off everyone Mm -hmm. else has a margarita in their hand I'm gonna do it and I might need to tell you like, I got to go and I need you to one, respect that and not question it or give me some accountability. I 
I've talked about this before, but on my birthday, like four days before I messaged my friends, this was actually after the last night I drank, I went out with girlfriends. It was supposed to be cool wine night, um, ended up being like way more than that. And I blacked out and I woke up the next morning in a hospital. And previously, like two weeks before that, I had stopped drinking for 30 days and felt great. But I was like, we're going to moderate. We're going to figure this out. Even though I'd like moderated for like years, tried to, didn't successfully. So went out, this is like really big cliff notes. Woke up in the hospital, was like, okay, this is it. Told my parents I need to go to outpatient. Text my friends, I need to go to outpatient. Like all this stuff, here's what I need from you. All these things. That was Saturday morning. Wednesday was my uh, birthday, my 24th birthday. And it was the first time I was like doing something with people. And it was my, it's my first day of sobriety. I had a one last beverage the night before my birthday at a concert. And I was like, that's it. We're done going out patient. We're starting. And so we're at sushi and all my girlfriends are like, are you cool with us getting wine? Should we not get wine? Like, you know, it's, it's hard being the sober person around a bunch of people that drink because one, we don't know what it's going to feel like. And two, your friends also don't know what it's going to feel like. So we all need to like be empathetic and give each other grace. So we're 24, 23, 24. And they're like, and I'm like, it's fine. It's totally fine. And so mm-hmm. the wine comes and then I'm like, I'll just like get a class and I'll start tomorrow. And my friend, Erin looks at me and she's like, I don't remember exactly what she said, but she's like, no, like, no, you said you were starting today. Like today is when you are starting this journey of not drinking, like you're not drinking. And I like was fucking pissed. I was like, this bitch, this is my birthday. And at the time I was so mad about it. And I remember like, two years later, probably sitting in an AA meeting and they were talking about like your awakening moment. And I like, I don't, I had totally forgot about that happening. And I was like, Oh, it was when Aaron fucking made me not drink on my birthday. And I was pissed, but they mm-hmm. had, she not done that. I probably would have kept saying, I'll start tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow for fucking ever. And so mm-hmm. you have to like really get honest with yourself. Like you can continue to say, I'll start tomorrow or I'll just have this one tonight and I'll start tomorrow. It's like, if you really want this for yourself, you have to be committed and you have to have people in your circle that are gonna back you and hold you accountable too. Because yeah. it's not easy. It's really fucking not. Like I'd be lying to you if I was like, yeah, not drinking for eight and a half years has been smooth but like you have that people in your corner and that when you have these relationships if this is something you really want true friends and family members are not going to question it and like Mm -hmm. you do not have to give an explanation but if you tell them like I'm deciding not to drink and I just need you to support that I don't need you to question it and you can leave it at that they should they should not Mm -hmm. question it They should not get a drink in your hand because I've had a lot of people recently tell me like family and friends, they have the hardest time being around not drinking. Yeah. And I thank the Lord that that was not my experience, but I find it so disheartening that a lot of people don't have that. And so at the end of the day, like 
I don't care how long you've known someone, if they can't back your decision on wanting to make a change for your life, whether they understand it or not, that to me says that they are not aligned with your values. So I don't know. I feel like I just don't understand how you could have people that don't understand why someone would not want to drink. Like they should just be like, okay, cool. Good for you. I support that. I'm going to keep drinking like, but you do you and I will support you in that journey. You know, like not everyone around you has to get sober because you do, but they should support you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so I get, there's so many comments on my TikTok videos of people who are like, I'm trying so hard, but my husband like, doesn't like that. I quit. They don't, they, they're still drinking. They're trying to pressure me into drinking. And it's like, it, it's most likely because it's invoking a change in their life that they are not prepared for. Mm-hmm. Like they are not ready to, to think about their own drinking. They're not ready with the discomfort that comes from their partner quitting to drink. Like, what do we do now? We always used to drink together. What is our relationship? It makes you question so, so much of that. Um, that's yeah. so, that's so important though. Like, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit more because I've had a few people bring that up that they always drank with their spouse. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a whole nother level, right? Friends, maybe they're your roommates, but spouses, husbands, you know, whether you live with them or not, that shifts a relationship, especially if you drink together and then got sober during the relationship. I cannot speak to that. I met Jordan when I was sober and Kelsey, you meant Clinton when you were sober. And so I personally, I can't speak to it from my own experience, but like, I'm curious to get like your thoughts on like how someone navigates that because I've been getting that question a lot lately of like, my husband doesn't want to get sober because I got sober and our relationship is feeling challenged. Yeah. I, I obviously haven't personally been through it either. It's so interesting because I reflect on it. Like when I first started to get this little inkling of like, I feel like I should quit drinking. I was in a relationship that was heavily involved with drinking. Like everything we did together revolved around drinking. How our relationship started was constantly drinking, going out together all of the time. Like, um, it was rough, like showing up to work hungover all the time. Their, their family was big drinkers. And I knew that like, I needed to be ready to leave this relationship before I quit drinking. Like I had tried to go 30 days and it was constantly, you know, showing up to holidays. Well, are you pregnant? Why? What are you doing this for? What's the point? Like who's around the holidays, who cares? Just have a few, like nobody, whatever. Um, And like, I, I just felt this, like, I was like, I cannot keep living my life this way, but I knew staying in that relationship would never allow me to live a sober life. And I'm not saying that's the case for everyone else, but for me, it was like, the reality was I would never have been accepted in this environment had I had I quit drinking, nor did I know what that relationship looked like. Like, like we didn't have anything in common. It was literally a relationship where I was just drunk a lot of the time. Um, and so I, I don't know, but I think, I think it does cause so much change and people aren't ready to address that. Like, what is our relationship without alcohol? And that is a really scary question because sometimes it will, the answer will be nothing. The relationship is nothing without alcohol. 
we don't like to spend time together sober. We don't like to, to go out and not drink. And that means that you're losing two things, right? You're losing the relationship with alcohol and the relationship with a partner. And like, mm-hmm. how do you, that is a lot of change. And I don't know how you grapple with that, especially in like terms of marriage, but I know it happens. I, I've seen it. I've read it on my TikTok comments all of the time. Like it's, it's a lot. It's hard. And I think too, it's, like if one of you is feeling called to remove alcohol from your life, like trying different things, like this whole weekend wildly sober, it's all about exploration of like trying things on without alcohol and like going and taking that nature walk or meeting your friends for coffee. Like maybe you always meet up for drinks, going with your spouse to not a brewery, but instead like somewhere else that has a patio that you can spend time together and just like seeing how that feels. But yeah, it it's a hard thing. Like I've had a few people like talk about going on vacations with family and knowing that like drinking is a big part of what that vacation will look like. And how do you navigate that? Because it's almost also this feeling of like, I don't want them to change their plans around me not drinking. And that's Mm -hmm. like a heavy fucking load to take on. And there's a few things that you can do there, right? Like you can go and like when I've gone on trips that I know that there's going to be drinking, I just tell the people like, I don't know how I'm going to feel. I might like be having a ton of fun. We're exploring a new city. Or I might feel like this is just not vibing for me and I need to leave and I'll go do something on my own that feels better for me right now. I think- we don't know the future. We don't know how we're going to feel in a certain instance. We don't know what a relationship is going to feel like. So I always tell people like, you can sit here and talk to me and we can try to like figure out a month from now, two months from now, how you're going to navigate not drinking in a situation. But until you're actually in that situation, you don't know how you're going to feel. And so Mm -hmm. the more that you can focus on like the present moment and right now um, and figuring out like what it is that you want, what's your reason for not drinking? Is it that you want to be totally alcohol free? Do you actually like, are you someone that can truly just drink on like a special occasion that was not working for me, but like within the relationships and family dynamics and stuff, it is just, you know, talking with that person, being open and honest about why you want to start this journey. Because I think sometimes like giving other people clarity for those that you feel called to share that with can be really helpful. But if you're going on a trip or anything like that, like recognizing like you might have to leave, you might want to go do something else. And that's okay too. Like, I I think it's so interesting when we involve alcohol, it's like, all of a sudden it makes everything different where it's like, well, what if we were all drinking? Right. And it's like, you want to go to the live music and I want to go to the band and we're all Mm -hmm. drinking. Right. But like the, so all of a sudden it's like the sober person wants to go to the live music and the drinking people want to go to the DJ or whatever. And it's like, just because that person's sober. No, it's just, we want to do different things with our time. It's Mm -hmm. no different. It might be because of the alcohol, but usually it's not, it's, we want to do something else. And that's just like an example with like trips, but I think relationships 
open communication is key therapy for sure mm-hmm. if you're removing alcohol like definitely getting someone else in there to talk with you and your partner because it is going to shift it's going to shift it's going to radiate like throughout you as a person and your relationship and that's an important thing to talk about and I don't know I wish I I'm like trying to think of like friends of ours who have made that shift I actually like like in the middle though I feel like a lot of our friends within our sober group met their spouse once they were sober which that's a whole nother thing like you can meet people when you're sober I mean my parents they were married 29 years when my mom decided to get sober um and they were people that would come home from work and have a couple beers wine every single day like every single day and when my mom quit my my dad kind of just followed suit like alcohol wasn't it didn't play a big enough role in his life he had done it I think more as like uh, oh I come home from work and this is what I do and then I watch tv and then I go to bed Uh, but when my mom got sober, my dad just stopped, like he'll drink NA here and there. Um, I think if he has like a few friends up to the cabin, maybe they'll have a few drinks, but he doesn't drink around my mom. He doesn't drink, um, around me. He, you know, it's, it's, and it was, he's one of those people though, that's like, he can take it or leave it with alcohol. Mm -hmm. And so that's probably another thing too, that plays a role in that when one person's like, I'm going to get sober, if it's a really big deal to the other person, maybe it's something they have to talk about too and think about because I'm a firm believer that the people that love you are willing to make sacrifices for you unless it's something that like they have to really come to terms with themselves right like it wasn't something my dad had to like talk to his friends about it wasn't something that he had to go talk to a professional about he just stopped Mm -hmm. because he was like this is not okay to have around your mom it makes her uncomfortable I love your mom that's it there was no like, I don't know how this is going to change things. It was just like, that's what she needs mm-hmm. because I love her. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that will be everyone's response. And that doesn't mean that your relationship's doomed. I just think that there's probably a lot more at play there than just, I'm going to quit drinking. In what is like an overarching theme around kind of everything that we've talked about relationships sobriety and things is like we never actually know what's going to happen when we make a shift so let sobriety career change splitting up from a spouse you do not actually know how that is going to play out until it happens we Mm -hmm. can build up as much as we want in our head all of the scenarios, but there is no 100% guarantee that any of the scenarios you've created in your head are going to be the truth. And so the more that you can allow yourself to get clear on what it is that you want to feel and experience in your life. And then if it is making a shift into alcohol-free living, if it is a career change, whatever it is, like lean into that decision that you've made like listen to yourself go forward dismiss the scenarios because we all know like all that does is makes us more like anxious and fearful and it is that paralysis by analysis where we just sit 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 
do the thing that you feel called to do and then see what happens. Don't mm-hmm. think about what's going to happen. See what actually happens. And then when it's happening, make sure that you've got support systems, community, a therapist, whatever it is to navigate the things as they're happening real time versus the imagination versions that you're working through in your head and working through with people. Like go forward, make the change, make the shift, and then see how it unravels and lean into your support system from there. Because I don't know how many times we get stuck in this, like, I want to stop drinking, but I'm afraid that I will lose my friends or I want to stop drinking, but I think I'm going to miss out. You know, like it's all these things that we think are going to happen, but we actually don't know if they will. So make whatever the change is. But once you do, you also have to flip the mindset of like, woe is me. If you Mm -hmm. go into being like, I want to experience an alcohol-free life. I think it's going to be so boring. And then you stop drinking and you sit at home, you watch TV and you don't do anything. Yeah, fuck, that would be boring even if you were drinking. Like you have to put in the work to actually see what is possible when you make the change and go into the mindset of like, what could be? What is out there waiting for me? Yeah, and I think also to to piggyback off that is like the idea that change is bad. I think it's ingrained in us. I don't know why it was ingrained in me that like change is bad. There's, there's no change that would be good. And it's just not true. Like you can think of so many things that change that are, are beautiful. Like, I don't know, like a freaking cocoon to a butterfly, like that is change. And that can happen too. It's, I don't, we have an idea that change is inherently bad and it's, it can be difficult. It can be uncomfortable, but it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, it's really, it's an unavoidable part of life. Like change mm-hmm. is always happening. And it's like you said, it's normal to be fearful and have feelings of uncertainty. But when we can learn to accept the change and just see the situation as it is, that will help us as we move through the changes of our life because change is going to happen. And Mm -hmm. sometimes like you can choose to be the person to make the pivot before you're forced into the change. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Jay Shetty that says like change happens when the fear of the unknown is what, what is it? That's not right. Here's a good quote on this. Like, change happens when change happens when the pain of holding on becomes greater than the fear of letting go maybe it's around that it's it's something like um change happens when the fear of remaining the same is greater than the fear of the unknown i think when the fear of staying the same outweighs the fear of change that is when we change yeah yeah because it, it is so scary but like think we all get to that point like I was with that point with alcohol or it was like the idea of living another week month year like this is so much scarier than whatever is on that other Mm -hmm. side of the unknown like let's just give it a whirl and you know what if it's if it's shitty if it's terrible go back if if you quit drinking and you realize in three months whoa everything sucks you can start drinking again that's the beauty of it like, you know, I, 
99% sure that that won't be the case, but like, you can always go back to living your old life. That's always mm-hmm. an option. It's always there for you. You know how to do it. I think too, just also knowing change takes time. So when you decide like, yeah, I, I'd rather make a change than remain the same. And you start to make the shifts. It's not this overnight thing. It ebbs and it flows and it takes time. And that's with anything like fitness, career, relationship change. Like it all takes time. And we have to be willing to continue to show up despite wanting like instant results. I mean, that's a whole nother topic we could talk on, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think this is such an important conversation because sobriety is a really beautiful and magical space, but there is a lot of fear around it. And the more we can have these open, honest conversations about our own experiences, conversations that we've had with other people, our thoughts really, and share them with people. I think it just helps to open up the door and open up the conversation and hopefully impact somebody to feel a little bit more encouraged to make the shift if that feels in alignment with the life that they want to build for themselves. Yeah. Or make them not feel alone and like, you know, I think there was a narrative, like quit drinking and everything will be magical. And then when that's not the case for people, they feel like, well, this is stupid. Like, why did I make this decision? This wasn't what I was, I thought it would be. And I think it's so important to talk about this. Like people get pissed on me on, on TikTok. Sometimes if I post a video of like me being upset or emotional or crying, because they're like, I don't want to be sober because of this. And it's like, but people need to see this. Like, this is so important because if you're that person, if you're the person that's having an off day and you're crying and you're down, you're like, I'm not supposed to feel this way in sobriety. Like, that's not the truth. Like, well, I was just gonna say, it's such, it's so funny because it's like, well, are you saying you don't cry when you are drinking? Yeah. Like, no, life is life. Life is fucking hard. It's going to be hard whether I'm drinking or sober, but I'd rather in for me, I'd rather be sober in the hard. I'd rather be sober in the good so that when those things are happening, one, I'm fully present and two, I'm fully myself to assess the situation and decide where I go from here. And it's just like crazy to me when someone's like, oh my gosh, like I just thought sobriety was going to be the smooth sailing. And it's like, well, life is not smooth sailing. You still have to navigate life. We're just choosing to do it without a substance to get us by. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for myself, I would rather like deal with this shit, like find out the parts of me that are hurting and broken and try to fix them and like go through these really difficult growing points than be on my deathbed and be like, shit, I really wish I would have like healed that part of me. Mm -hmm. I really wish I would have forgave that person. I really wish I would have spent more time with that person or been more intentional here or been more present. Like that's what I think about when I'm in that shit. Like I'd rather be dealing with this now than be on my deathbed being like, damn it. I wonder what kind of person I would have been if I would have healed this part of me. Mm. I love that. Kelsey, what would you say has been like, the biggest aha within relationships since getting sober? Mm. I think just, 
I used to have an idea that like everyone needed to understand my decision for it to be valid. And that's not the case. Like I need to live my life in the way that makes sense for me. And that's okay. If other people doesn't don't understand, that's not their responsibility. They just need to love me through it and support me in it. Mm. I love that. This has been so good. I love that we can just like chat, 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 chat about all the things. And I, know. I don't know. I just think these conversations, they matter. And like I talked about in the episode, I wish that I had people talking about this stuff when I first got sober, because whether you're someone that is already sober, you know, someone in your life, like the more we can have these open, honest conversations, it just helps us to better understand and also feel less alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. I think it's important. And I'd always love chatting with you and we could talk about this forever. This <laughs> is, this is us when we hang out people. It's never <laughs> like, Hey, how was lunch? It's like, Hey, did you think about boundaries and how you're going to set them and implement them in the next conversation? Like this is how we are. And that's why we're recording ourselves and talking to one another. Kelsey, thanks for coming back on the pod. I can't wait to have you back on. I would love everybody listening. If you have any topics, it does not have to be about um, sobriety that you want to hear us chatting about, discussing questions, anything, please send them to me on Instagram at creating ripples podcast. Until next time, make sure you leave a review before you skedaddle off of wherever you listen to these episodes. And until next time, let's go out and start creating ripples. Mm -hmm.